You're listening to Courting in Color with your hosts, Shatrice and Louise. All right. Welcome back. We are um, here in episode three only a few days after we recorded episode two. So we are, I mean, we're just, we're on a roll here. It took us less than a year. Yes, we are adapting to this here schedule of actually doing things consistently. So yay for us! I'm proud Um, Yes, but how you been, Louise? Um, How's life? How is yeah, life. I'm like, I said it, and then I thought about life, and then I was like, I'm sad. <laughs> that is very real. Hold on to your, hold on to your sadness and enjoy and anything else that you feel. Um, interestingly enough, I went back to therapy today. So oh, okay. I uh, saw my therapist this morning, and that was a really good conversation. Uh, I figured I had not seen her since COVID started. Uh-huh. So I was like, you know what? This is a time. And it was really good and beneficial. I'm still trying to figure out my therapist. This was maybe only our fourth session. And so I... Oh, wait. When did you switch? This was the therapist I've had since I've been here. I just haven't gone to her as often. Oh, okay, okay. As I used to do uh, since moving here. Um, But she was good. And we kind of just caught up. And I just told her about my COVID life. And Mm -hmm. uh, she gave me some really good advice around... Uh, care and my homework is around self-compassion so I have to figure out what self-compassion means for me which is a little scary but it's a homework assignment and I thrive off of structure and so when my therapist gives me homework I tend to do it Um, oh look at you the good student as always the good student the honorable student but uh (laughs) the world is heavy and I know we'll talk about that but how are you I'm all right I think yeah, like echo, echo, and ditto, ditto. On like the world is a fucking dumpster fire right now. I'm like, we got coronavirus still running amok. Like she is still up in this piece, not this particular piece, but all around. Um, <laughs> just yeah. Um, and then we have racism, the original pandemic that yeah. we have not dealt with really as a nation, and it seems like. All MAGAs or MAGAs consider we are as a nation maybe trying to address it. And it's it's just fucking exhausting. Like it's exhausting being black right now. It's exhausting um trying to navigate dating right now. So yeah, I, I've definitely been exhausted. I am looking, like I am like desperately seeking just all the little moments of joy that I can find. Like if it's being around folks that I love and care about, if it's, you know, watching a random ass movie on HBO. Um, what did I watch yesterday? Like my big fat Greek wedding. Like how like why? Like I don't Yeah. <laughs> I had a very similar I think it was last week. Uh I just got to this moment of like, I need something to 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 bring me joy. And I was on the Netflixes and remembered that Homecoming, Beyonce was still on Netflix. Yeah. I watched that for a little bit and I was like, yeah, this is exactly what I needed. Um, I'm also watching like our, all the Marvel movies, but sometimes those can be a little bit heavy, right? And so I was like, I just yeah. need to get started. And it well, was- and unbeknownst to me, 
so is my big fat Greek wedding a little bit on the sexism. I'm like, come on, daddy, don't be talking about, this is why we don't educate women because she didn't want to marry a Greek guy. Oh, I know this is supposed to be funny to some idiot, but I was like, oh, I don't, I really, okay, I didn't know why. Because I'm like, uh, the bitch was 30. I'm like, can she live her life or not? Like, is this really, I just think about like, when I was watching it, I was like, okay, this family is like, supposed to be some representation or depiction of like a in a, a white american family that just has strong greek heritage and i'm like mm-hmm. i wonder like do people who are greek find any of this offensive or any of this accurate i don't know like i just think about like all the ways that black people are stereotyped in movies and i was like oh i bet i'm sure somebody was like offended by this and somebody was probably like no this is my exact family <laughs> so i was just like well damn it then I watched cartoons, I think, after that. So that was, that was more. Uh, That's more nostalgic Saturday morning cartoons and that aspect. What was your one dating highlight uh, moment of the past week or since we last recorded? Yes. It's not anything new, but I don't think I've mentioned it before. A dating highlight is just being reassured, reaffirmed that like myself and my partner can exist in the same space and do different things and be quiet. <laughs> um, <laughs> in the last episode, we talked about being worried of like filling up noise and space and running out of things to talk about. And so mm-hmm. we can exist. And we actually communicate that. I feel really comfortable being like, hey, tonight, tonight that I just need to do my own thing. Like I need to get work done, edit this podcast. And so I just, I kind of need, just need to be right now. But I don't mind sitting here with you and I don't mind sitting you here. I don't mind sitting here with you and I don't mind you sitting next to me also doing your own thing. And so that's just nice to be in the same space and not have to like talk to one another. Um, I think for me, (laughs) I wrote on my notes, I was like starting to plan my B-Day again, which doesn't have anything to do with anyone but me. But since my B-Days in their most ideal form always, you know, include people, and gathering, um, I think about the guy that I've been dating. Let's call him Sully, um, the guy that I've been dating. And I'm like, well, I've had this whole mirage, I guess, that I've been walking towards since I feel like, I don't know, birth of like going on a vacation. <laughs> Maybe not since birth. Maybe since like, I don't know, last year or college or something. But anyway, I'm like, so I guess maybe this could be me getting a little closer to that, which, you know, you never know and whatever. But it really, and so, yeah, so I feel like that's a dating highlight because I was thinking like, oh, okay, this could be a way to try it out. But also, and ultimately knowing that this trip is still, or this experience is still supposed to be like a group experience with my friends and stuff like that. But I was like, yeah, like, if you're one of my friends, like, you know, mm-hmm. there. I was just happy selfishly to just get happy again about like planning my birthday since I was so bummed about it. Yeah. Um, it seems and like you have like a new fire and joy around you. Exactly. Birthday. That fire. I am Khaleesi, mother of dragons. Um, <laughs> and so, yes. And so that's happening. And I, I'm excited at the possibility of including someone I'm dating. There we go. That's, that's what, that's how nice. we got it. Nice. <laughs> no, that's exciting. Yes. Happy early birthday. Thank you. Only a month and two weeks away. (laughs) Well, actually, speaking of things that we should shout out and be happy about, um, happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. Let us remember 
Pride was a riot. Stonewall, the first Pride was Stonewall, was a riot. And yeah. by women of color. So let us not forget our roots. And yes. also, you know, shout out to my queer people uh, that Pride and our support for Black Lives Matter are important and should be intersecting because it was women of color, particularly Black women, uh, Black trans women, um, mm -hmm. pushing us along with Stonewall and queer rights. Exactly. So shout out to all of the lovely ancestors. Um, and I hate that we can't do any type of a pride festival. I know you were talking about that the other day. Mm -hmm. um, so that's always a little bit of a bummer. But it's yeah. been nice. My Facebook memories were reminding me, or my social media memories were reminding me that last <laughs> we were at a pride festival. It's such a cute photo. Do you remember your cotton pink hair? Yeah, my pink hair and my pink skirt, my like tutu, my little crop top. And I was like, okay, I need to get back to pride 2019 Chatrice. Like that was an epic Chatrice, mm -hmm. if I don't say so myself. So not going to be there today, but it's okay. <laughs> 2021 pride 2021 pride 2021 is what we can can focus our attention on but yes that was so much fun thank you for taking me to my first pride i got my whole life and all that good stuff and lots of good food thank you happy belated national sex day um okay. yes that was on june 9th get it six nine six nine. oh that's <laughs> wait has always been a thing they probably made that up like literally three days ago but <laughs> i love that was a thing and i was very sad that i was not able to participate <laughs> no me neither i didn't even know it was a thing does that mean i know does that mean i have to like can i celebrate it post post the event like do i need to yeah like it's like how people celebrate their birthday for a month got it got right? it you can you can celebrate national sex day all month long very um, bad <laughs> so yeah there's that Okay, fabulous. Well, I figured for today's topic, given everything that's going on, we got, you know, dual pandemics happening right now. Rona's being nasty, racism. They might be sisters, like, or cousins. Because you know how people in the 90s used to name their twins, like, the same sounding name, like. Rona racism. <laughs> Rona and racism, they were probably sisters. So. Birthed by Karen. We discovered it. Yes. <laughs> All created by Karen. And maybe like Trip or something like that. <laughs> like I feel like that's the daddy. Right. Uh, Karen and yes. Trip are Rona and racism. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so yes. So that's kind of where I wanted us to spend some time with today. And you already kind of touched on some pieces. So Hopefully you'll be able to elaborate um, and all that good stuff. So the first question I have for us is, how have you felt courting slash dating in quarantine? And maybe going off of that, like what's one lesson that you've learned about yourself or something that you've learned about yourself as a partner? Yeah, oh, this is really good. I actually, in some ways, talked about it with my therapist today. My, as I said before in the last episode, my partner and I kind of made it official or we became exclusive mid-January, which was about a month and a half before Rona kind of started. Uh, that was really interesting because having someone that you're exclusive with during this whole time was really nice, if I'm being honest. Um, I do not know how it would be to actually like 
be courting really during the pandemic. And I know you'll talk about that or even just like deciding about hookups, right? Like how do you, like, even if you just don't want a relationship and you're just cool with hooking up, then what did that look like? And so I didn't didn't have to deal with that. One of the exciting things that I learned about myself in terms of relationship for about a pandemic was conquering my fear, I guess is a good word, in terms of living with someone. So I Mm. had some hesitation and reluctancy in terms of living with someone that I would not know what to do with my time. Spending time with someone 27 would be really difficult. What would we talk about? Right. And what would we what would we say to one another? Like what if we ran common things? Like what if you now know that I drink orange juice 24-7? I don't. But like, you know, those like weird little <laughs> we have about ourselves that you know, I'm just like, oh my God, is this gonna be it? Is this what will break this the is this is this what will break us up or whatever? But one yeah. of the lessons- And I feel like when you sorry, I feel like when you were probably like thinking through like and going in your spiral about that you probably weren't even considering as part of the fear of living with someone that you will be living with someone in a quarantine in a pandemic where you can't do a damn thing else correct right correct and so you know um and let me clarify we we did not move in with each other we kind of just like started cohabitating i guess is a really good word and so we still Mm -hmm. have like our own places and that kind of stuff but we went from like maybe spending uh, pre-quarantine, I think we were spending just the weekends at each other's house and maybe like a day during the week to now spending every night with one another. And so that was, just, I mean, that was, that's nice. I always like sleeping next to someone. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know about you, but I love cuddling like as we're falling asleep, but like after five or 10 minutes, I'm like, okay, and I need my own space to like, you know, just kind of cuddle with myself, if that makes sense. Like I don't need to be in tape <laughs> all night. But yes, because I, I have woken up in like buckets of sweat and I was like, well, this is mm-hmm. gross. Yeah, but it was cute, but this is gross. Right. When you have like two warm bodies and then like ACs are broken and it's like the deep yeah. stuff. And so it's just it's, a lot. But um, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things that I learned. And what I learned that what I learned by living together is that we each can exist with one another and hold our own interests and be able to like discover new interests together. Uh, You know, my partner really enjoys opera. Um, I have a performing arts background, but like not opera. And (laughs) so that's something that, you know, he really enjoys. And so being able to like, being able to do that with him and and watch all these like free operas that were online or other shows was just kind of like, okay, this is something new. Um, and And it showed me that like, not balance, but it's like, ooh, it's thundering out here. That you're like, okay, this is something that my partner enjoys. Like, let me see what it's about. I don't have to like it or be like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I'm over it, which is very different mm-hmm. than old release used to be because I was like, oh my God, if the person I liked loved this one thing, I would become obsessed about it and like would learn. <laughs> There's a certain album by a certain artist, like I only listened to because this guy that I was into really loved and was like, this is my favorite album. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm about to listen to it. <laughs> all the lyrics um and yeah so that that to me was like a lesson that I really learned is being that I can live with someone um and mm-hmm. I mean hold my own individuality while living with someone and we also can co-create something together no that's beautiful I love what you said <laughs> I love what you said about like in the past like their interests became like your obsessions and interests and things like that I'm trying to think Oh, I'm trying to think. There's a pop culture reference. And I, I'm like, it's not Sex in the City. 
some show where like that was homegirl like whenever like when she dated a cowboy once like she started wearing like plaid and like chaps and shit like it was like why do i why do i need chaps i don't have horse but then like she like next dated a biker so she had all this leather because like that is like what who she was in the time when she dated, like, each guy. Like, she would just change with each person. Because it wasn't single, was it? I feel like I know what you're talking about, but I I don't... I don't think it was Sex in the City. But I'm like, was it, was it Sex in the single? City? Because I remember, like, whoever... Oddly enough, I don't... I can't see their faces in my mind, but I see someone carrying a box of, like, miscellaneous, like, old boyfriend stuff, and it was, like, very... Uh, very theatrical kind of like here's a saddle that I had because you, you know and I'm like oh, I will find that reference and mm-hmm. I will make it a lot <laughs> when I figure out what it is but yeah no I think that's really really awesome that you've been able to stay true to who you are while also accepting like this other person like in your space and vice versa now here's my question for you opera what <laughs> like so like well, do we hate it? Like on the left? I mean, so it's not that I hate it. So I, as I talked about, I think episode zero, I'm like an orchestra dork. And so opera is really beautiful. has like all this really beautiful music, like violins and strings and like wonderful singing voices. But I fall asleep. It makes me fall asleep. <laughs> okay. And so it's really hard for me to stay up during operas. I've only seen op- one opera live, the whole, uh, one opera live in my whole life. And I felt halfway through because it was just so beautiful. And that there wasn't interesting, but also too with opera, it's predominantly not in English. And so you're like Mm -hmm. working to uh, enjoy a production art. Mm -hmm. I don't always want to work that much when I see a live performing art show of some kind, right? Right. It's like, this is supposed to be my fun time, (laughs) my entertainment time. Don't make me use my brain. (laughs) Yeah. And watching it with TV is a little bit nice because like, the screen, it has everything in terms of like subtitles and the action. But I remember mm-hmm. the first live show that I saw, the first live opera show that I saw had the what was happening on the stage, but then you have to look up a little bit above the stage. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm like, that's a lot of work. I almost yep. would rather you just not even show me because I'm I'm a caption reader. So sorry if you ever hear yeah. always reading captions. And so I can't help but pay attention. I almost would prefer just sing it in the language it's in and I can put context clues together. Well, it's so funny that you say that because the one time I went to an opera with these, with this group of fancy white people that my mom worked with, um, that's what they said. They were like, I guess they were opera enthusiasts eight. So I don't understand any of this, but I have a nice dress. So here we are. And, and yeah, so, um, that's cute though. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's good. I enjoy doing it. Right. Like I, I I feel like I watch it because my partner enjoys it and that's mm-hmm. where I get my happiness, my fulfillment from is like seeing them happy, right? But it doesn't sacrifice my own happiness. Like I want to do it. There's some right. things I don't want to do and I'm like, nope, I don't want to do it. And like that's That is okay. But I think it's very thoughtful. I just think it's thoughtful to do. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know. Part of me feels like a part of being in a relationship or dating or getting to know people no just like when you're actually dating and like in a relationship with someone is that like you know you do sometimes quote have to do things that you don't necessarily want to do or would wouldn't necessarily choose to do but I think it's I just think it's thoughtful but also my top love language is acts of service and so that's kind of what I see that as I'm like 
well, yeah, but I want to do it. So you should, at, for at a bare minimum, want to do it because of me, because I want to do the thing. Is that, like, come on, like, is that not love? I mean, obviously not all the time, but I appreciate when people are able to be flexible, is all I'm saying. But yeah, so I love that I wrote this question. I wrote this question yesterday, and I was like, okay. I'll think about it, and then I never did. So I'm like, hmm, here are my unedited, unfiltered thoughts on how I felt about quarantine or courting in quarantine, which I was like, you know, if this were to last forever, I guess we couldn't change the title of the show. A <laughs> couple of months have been interesting in regards to dating mm-hmm. because I, I just, it's, it's flipped my whole perspective. It's flipped my whole worldview of dating like on its head. And so I've had to attempt to readjust, which is not always a strength of mine. Um, I've had to, <laughs> you're laughing. <laughs> whatever uh and so yes I have had to talk to myself I've had like I think the Chatrice self-talks have been pretty decent every now and then I'll I'll go to a therapist or are, something. You rapping, are you rapping to yourself in the mirror I do have my own version of mirror bitch she's usually like crying on a couch bitch uh-huh. <laughs> that's just you know that's my body's natural response to stuff but but yeah I'm usually like okay so just because this person isn't asking me out doesn't mean they don't like me. It's like literally a whole pandemic and where are we going to go and what are we even going to do? Like we can't do anything. So this lack of uh, like actual dates or what I feel like a date is, is to no fault of anyone's. We just mm-hmm. we can't do anything. And I think it's been interesting because I – feel like I had just gotten to a point in dating where I was like, I'm going to take it a day at a time, a day at a time. I would show up and be present. And, um, but then I think the thing with Corona and like just this quarantine is, I don't know about you, but for me, it really makes me feel, it really makes me feel like I need to think about the future. Like it really makes me think, well, like, okay, if we can't do this now, like, I guess we should think about, you know, the fall. Your no. future overall or just your future with this person that you're dating? Um, a, li- a little bit of both. Definitely both because, like, even for my example, or even, for example, with my birthday and, like, oh, great, we're going to have this big old trip or whatever, whatever. Like I, like, I still have to wrap my head around, like, okay, so, like, do we do it next July? That's, like, so far out. Is it next January? Like, should I be playing? Like, is this something that I should spend time on yet? Yeah. And so, like, I think those pieces and like when it and when it comes to dating, it's like, well, this is something that we've both expressed interest in. So we want to do it. And, you know, me, I'm like, well, put it on the calendar. Like, let's commit to the things. Whereas before it was more like, well, can we just commit to this weekend? And now it's like, well, can you commit to this winter? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. want um, to. Seasons of love. Exactly. It's multiple seasons up in this piece. Yeah, like I've definitely have, part of me has like tried to fight that and another part of me is like, but that really is where I'm at. Like that, that kind of provides some security for me to know that you're okay with making plans for the future. And maybe not full out because I'm like, okay, part of that is just like the Chatrice-ism of like, I could literally, like we could literally plan a very specific schedule for something in November, I don't know, whatever. Like I, that wouldn't make me nervous. Like I wouldn't be like, oh, like yeah, I was just like planning a whatever. I like things to be in order. 
but I acknowledge that some men do not feel that way. (laughs) Well, also important to like stick with how you want to date, right? And decide whether or not you are going to compromise on this type of like futuristic planning to a great Mm -hmm. way about it. For me, it's almost like I tend to like hole up in the sense that I don't want to really plan for much future things because I'm in survival mode. And so I just mm. the next day into the next day. And I don't even want to think about November or the next trip or anything. Like, yeah, there's some things I have to look forward to, but I also mm-hmm. in some ways during this quarantine had to let go of the possibility that for instance, I might travel for the November and December holidays to see my family. Like I just had to Mm -hmm. let that go um, because I'd almost, for me, I'd rather operate in like, this is not going to happen. And then if it does, it's like, yay, versus like Mm -hmm. planning for something to happen and then it doesn't. And that's, I think, where I'm going to be more disappointed. Um, But that's just more in general. That's not really with like dating and relationships. Or maybe, I don't know. Well, no, I get, I get that. And I would say that, yeah, we're the, we're definitely the opposite on that because where you're like in survival mode today, 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 I'm, I think I'm just in denial of like, I don't even want to be in today. Like, I don't want any of this to be happening. Like I, I, like I was literally thinking the other day, I was like, I really wish we weren't dating in these circumstances, like or in this circumstance. Like I wish circumstances were just better. I mean, but duh, like who doesn't, but I was just like, you know, with everything that's going on and with Sully's work schedule being awful because of COVID, like, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I had this plan and it didn't work and it wasn't even like a big thing, but it didn't work. And so again, I'm constantly trying to figure out like, what is, I guess like, what is a fair expectation that I have of myself in dating? What's what's an expectation that I, a fair expectation that I have for someone else? Because I'm like, I think you're right in that like, part of me is like trying to figure out what is, what are my dating needs? Like, what are my dating desires? Like during Corona specifically or during this time specifically? Because it's just, it's different. But I'm also trying to like be aware of the fact that I'm, I have to navigate things a little bit different because the world is a little bit different. So it doesn't like, I can't just stay, you know, stagnant and expect mm-hmm. dating to look the same or expect someone to not be like looking at me sideways <laughs> if I'm like, well, let's do X, Y, and Z because it was already, I, you know, we have, have been able to spend time together, which has been really nice. And for me, I'm like, I like consistency in this particular way. Like I like a routine, probably more than anything. I just like a routine. Um, and I, and I, you know, I love a routine and I can't get my routine. And I'm like, again, having to tell myself, like, I don't think it's him and it's not me. It's just like the context in which we are dating each other. Well, but it as, does- I said, as I said in a previous episode, it took coronavirus to completely change your dating style. Yes. And that bitch is not going to just win just like hands down like I'm still fighting (laughs) I still want to win I still want to date how I want to date and actually and 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 two the reality is you're you're also physical location right I think it would look very different if that wasn't a barrier and I don't know to what extent you want to talk about that but I think yeah we reality you're working because it's like coronavirus and physical location and where you are in the courting process Literally those three, like those three points 
I think make this whole thing challenging, right? So like, I'll send you my, I'll send you my Venmo account. We do not live in the same city. Great. Right. And we're just starting to date. <laughs> so it's like, it's definitely a triple whammy because I was like, because I'm always like thinking about those, the mix of those factors. And if they were different, what would that look like? Which is sometimes pointless to do, but it's like, damn, I wonder if things would be different if we, if everything was the same, but except for we live down the street from each other. I wonder would everything be the same if everything was the same, but we had been dating for two years or something mm-hmm. like that. And maybe I can offer, so I have two thoughts. One, I think distance dating should be a thing we maybe talk about in a future episode. Uh, Because I I feel like we knew a lot of people in our lives who did that, right? And so who did, because of where we were physically, that just, it wasn't possible to find suitable partners or partners that we wanted in the area. And so you had to travel or you got your rocks off when you traveled. Um, (laughs) And so... That was the one thought. The second thought, which I forgot about. <laughs> I don't know what the second thought was. Uh, oh, I do remember now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> With the schedule not being the same, it's mm-hmm. actually helpful when you do live by each other because you only you may only have an hour or two to to see one another right and so the example mm-hmm. i draw from from that is like with me and my own partner there'd be times when more often than not he would only have like let's say two hours before between things he had to do um mm-hmm. in his own personal life and so there would be times when we could only really come together and have dinner right and that way right. we could really steal from but it made me think about and i think i might have talked to you about this like i i really think that and i don't like to dwell on the what ifs but i think about I don't know if I could date, have dated my partner that, uh, I don't know if I could have dated my partner living at a distance and living where I used to live a year ago, because during more often than not, my schedule was very nine to five. His was more like 12 to nine. Right. And so Mm -hmm. it would be very hard to find, like, I could not come down. I would not want to drive three hours to only spend two hours and then drive three hours back. Like that's, Oh yeah would it make sense? And then, you know, he had more of uh, changing schedules weekends too. And so physical location does matter. Um, I don't know how people do it like at a distance, but I feel like more of the time, sorry, I feel like I know more of people who have been in relationships for a while and do the distance thing. And so they're able to plan it a little bit more. Um, maybe Like they started dating together or at the same in the same right. they've been together for let's say however for an amount of time and then they became distant uh or mm-hmm. distantly or whatever or live apart uh then i know more people who start distant and come together but you know obviously i know that that has that happens i don't know where the point was with that but <laughs> but i i appreciate hearing all of it <laughs> well and i think it's it's wild to me that so that like an hour and a half like 90 minutes feels as long or as far as it does right now because of everything that's going on because remember when we were both simultaneously dating people four hours away oh my gosh yes in the same city and that was supposed to be like we're gonna have double weddings it's gonna be a whole thing yeah like oh no we're, yeah that's such a good reminder <laughs> it worked out like, it was four hours it was four, four hours. hours and some like we we can talk about that later. Today. I'm like, and it's so, like somehow 
we made it work and maybe it was because we literally had the support of like each other as friends to like get on the road with each other or like you know whatever we could our weekends seem to kind of line up a little bit for a minute and so um that was nice but gosh yeah with everything that's going on i don't think four hours would be realistic for me to be dating someone that far away and even dating someone right now who's 90 minutes away feels like and I, every time I'm like it's really not that far but it's still like is like it still is a distance I guess I should say like it's still a it's distance. not down it's not down the street right like you can't pick up the phone and say hey I've ran I have an hour free randomly can I come by that's right different. you have to now did I you know maybe pull up unannounced one of these days because I oh I haven't heard that's, this story. that's that's the size of the board. Oh, yeah, that day. Yeah, he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was waiting for you to bring it up because I know you. And so you just let me know when you want to talk offline about it. You know, I said I'm taking a risk. <laughs> and that I did. And the risk paid off. So there you go. Oh, there you um, go. But yes. So, but yeah, like I can't do that. And actually, that's even what I told him. And I wondered, I don't know about you, because when did you feel like, when did you feel like you and Boo could just kind of like pop up? Ooh, that's a good question. Or, or is it always kind of like a, and, and not like, and since y'all are like down the street from each other, is it, do yeah. you have to announce? Does it feel like extra to announce or can you just pop up? Um, well, so we are some, it's funny. We, as, as much as we talk about how similar, I'm sorry, as much as how we talk about we're different, we're also very similar too, let us not forget. Um, yes. And so we're similar in the way that we always plan, right? And so I always have an idea of when he's gonna like show up uh, mm -hmm. because we just set plans. And for me, it, it just helps me structure my day when we do that. I think we, your question, I'm gonna change it a little bit to be like, how much advance notice did we need? When did we go from planning to okay. just kind of like, oh, we're seeing each other today, what are we going to do, is maybe how I hear your question. And yeah. I don't think that kind of happened, I'm trying to remember, maybe a month and a half in. I think that just had to do with, like, schedule changes. So, like, both of our schedules started to free up a little bit more around the same time. Mm -hmm. But it happened organically. And that's really, I think, mm -hmm. where that comes to mind, is it just kind of happened organically, and this whole relationship has kind of been uh organic in its growth and its and in its entering of new phases like mm -hmm. you know quarantine and living together but it, it is helped by you know living close to one another um and i think i tend to be more uh, maybe trusting is a good word so like something to think about which could be a random question like when do you give your partner the keys to your place right oh yeah yeah yeah. so uh that is like isn't it after the first day <laughs> uh maybe maybe maybe, maybe. i don't know <laughs> mine was actually a month in it happened i think, really i think so or, or like pretty pretty like less than a month maybe not even a full here's the real question who got a key to your place first me or your boo oh you did i did i think so I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I think it was you who got a key first. Okay, I'm like, I feel like it should be me. <laughs> I feel like you came to visit me within a week or two after me moving in here. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was like, uh, it was, uh, so I can tell you when it was, because I think I was going to be out of town for a couple of days, and I'm almost positive you watched. That's, 
for my cat during yep. homecoming in October. Yep. That's right. I remember that. And I feel like you had already yeah. visited me, visited me down here and I had to Yes, I already had my key. <laughs> um, and so yes, but I I think I was just more like you have it also like you're going to be my I don't know anyone in the city and we're kind of seeing each other. I'm also comfortable with you watching my cat and I need a default <laughs> person and so keep the key. It's just going to be easy. Keep the key. That's what's up. Hmm. Yeah, let's let's definitely like table that to talk more. Because I've never I've never done a key exchange or a key handoff. Um and part of it was because, you know, I was just so lazy to go to Walmart to make a coffee. Well, but I will say moving into this new place, I was like, who I need to have multiple sets of keys, right? So I'm like, I gave you a copy, I gave another friend a copy. Like, you know, I just was like, I had like four copies. I was like, I don't know, I'm going to throw them to the wind and some, <laughs> they'll land somewhere, but They'll yeah. land in the hands that they need to land in. Now I do want to make a pop culture reference to Fresh Prince when Hillary had, she, every time she made a key, she would put the address on it, but she would lose them. That's why she needed another key. So they're just keys with their address just across the Oh no, uh-uh. Well, that's always yeah. a worry in losing a key. I'm like, will someone be able to enter my house? And I'm like, how could they tell your address based off, unless you drop the key right in front of your house. Look up, it just has look up on it, there's the door. Speaking of, bitch, I locked myself out of my apartment for the first time the other day, in three years! I've been here for three years, and I was on my way to a doctor's appointment. Ooh. And then I was like, wait, cause my keys are like, my car keys, my wallet, right. my house keys, everything. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. And I had like a laptop bag on cause I was gonna go to the office after. And I was just like, well, no, just kidding. Well, and this gets into something too, which is not related to courting color. Like, do you befriend your neighbors so they keep a key? I well, and I was just like, shoot, do I befriend my neighbors enough to go knock on their door and be like, can I squat for a minute? Like, <laughs> oh, no. That's too much for me. I'm, you know, be my key. Also for me, as I walked straight past their door, I was like, nah. nah. <laughs> But yes, but uh, to bring us back, um, I think the thing that I've learned <laughs> about myself as a partner um, is just that I, you know, still have a lot to learn, right? I still have a lot to learn, and I do, I think I have to stand up for myself a little bit when it comes to, like, wanting to schedule things, um, because, and I, I was actually listening to this um creature who has this like certain like this series on relationship goals and like dating and stuff like that and the one he did with his wife like I always get a little like side eye when people are like this is what you know this is how men think this is how women think I'm like mm, let's okay um but I like the three things that she said which was very like all of it was very like non-biblical in that section I was like oh this just feels very real life which can and then be related to the bible but like she um was just like these are the three things that women need and it was like affection security and um communication and I was like I literally like almost started crying huh to be another s word so you can be like women need ass (laughs) well who's okay need to have ass need to get in that ass all things related to ass so yes communicate communication and ass thank you um and on the communication part oh fuck where was i going with this 
where was I going with this? Or maybe I can't remember exactly which part. Cause then he also said like three other things um, for guys. But at one point she was just like, you know, it is okay to schedule sex. It's okay to schedule your sexy time or whatever. And I just appreciated that. Not only like hearing that from, you know, the leaders of the church, but also just like real people who are really married and have to deal with real life. I'm like, you can't like, I love when, well, let me not lie. I don't necessarily love when things are go with the flow, but I can appreciate going with the flow and people who do it. But I also acknowledge that like some things in life have to be scheduled and particularly things that I want to prioritize are things that I need to schedule. Like just put it on my calendar and this can be something that we look forward to. And I think scheduling things as it relates to relationships and dating gets a bad rep. And I'm like, I wonder, this is something I thought about more about adulting as I've entered a new decade of my life. I wonder if it's things that get a bad rep or more about like, we just, this is who we are. We're not going to change the fact that we need things scheduled. We're not going to change because this is what's worked for us for so long. Like Mm -hmm. to do this radical shift. I often wonder like, should I feel guilty for being like, no, I'm not going to change that. This is who I am. Right. I need Mm -hmm. to find out like, nope, this is like changing this one small thing about me is actually changing a thing about me, which is not what I want to do. Exactly, exactly. And it's like, you know, what what are the, and I feel like we always talk about this as it relates to work, but it, it just applies to everything. It's like, you know, what are the battles that you're willing to fight? And I don't know necessarily, well, I guess that's all. I, was, I don't want to like say fight, but I'm like, I guess that is a war reference. I don't whatever like what like what are you willing to like damn die on a hill okay there's like no (laughs) non-morbid ways to think about that but whatever it's true what would you do for the Klondike bar that is the relationship (laughs) what would you do for the Klondike bar of this relationship okay exactly and so some days you're like okay I'll do all this and other days you're just like no like this is just who I am and like so I'm really learning and I appreciate that I'm being challenged to stand up for myself and some days I am being challenged to be like I don't think this needs to be a thing like I can concede like I like this is not a a big of as big of a deal as I thought it was or you know or a game changer like it's it's definitely okay so I had another question on here and we I think we've kind of like talked around it but I'm curious just with everything that's going on and all the social justice and unrest what do you feel like you need as a partner or what how do you see a partner in these times because I know for sure that we've talked about this before in different kind of contexts with different folks but it's like you know what is your partner supposed to be like an advocate or is this person for escapism Mm. I put I was trying to be like advocate, escape, enemy, but hopefully your partner would not be an enemy in these issues. That well, they might be right. Like sometimes if you don't talk about things and then national things happen, you're like, oh, I did not realize you were anti this or pro this or yes. think looting yes. is bad. People are angry. Like they can destroy shit. That's fine. I think for me, what I need in a partner is someone who understands and empathy. I, as things have been happening, obviously the last couple of weeks uh, with um, the world and like systemic violence against black bodies, I have been really brought to like, I was living in St. Louis during the Ferguson uprising six years ago. And I have thought a lot about who I was back then and who I was now in the context of how do I give space for someone to grow 
and learn more and be about social justice. That I can't have these expectations of someone that I wouldn't have of myself six years ago. Now there's non-negotiables, right? Obviously, uh, like, you know, I can't have you saying racist shit or like, I can't have you be like, you know, but I'll give you an example, um, like a very small one, but an important one. Uh, so my partner is white. And as we were just talking about, right, I guess a huge reveal, my partner is white, uh, and I'm a brown person of color. Uh, I'm brown and a person of color, sorry. And so one of the small things that like I noticed as we were talking is like he, he kept saying, minoritized people or people of color. And I was like, you can say black. You can uh, say black yes. people, right? Yeah. Black folks, black community, you can say black. And actually we need to say black because mm-hmm. yes, you know, police brutality and violence is, happens acro- uh, across many different communities. But in this moment, we're talking about this thing and to call it people of color or put it under that broad umbrella, decenters mm-hmm. who we're actually talking about. And so, you know, I have to give grace in that, mm-hmm. in that time because five, six years ago, I wouldn't know that. I'd be like, oh yeah, things are happening against minoritized people. And I'm like, oh no, I'm forgetting that I'm not, I'm decentering violence or uh, mm-hmm. whatever's happening to a community by putting under this broad umbrella. But that's just one thing where I'm like, I got to give space for that and recognize that we're all on this different journey of social justice, right? And I, mm-hmm. I like definitely am not up here saying like I 100% know everything or like 100% stand for everything. Like there's so much discrepancies in terms of people's activism and advocacy, one. Two, one of the earlier conversations we had is, I just had to name it, I said, I am not a white person. I don't know what to tell you to do as a white person during this time. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't and I can't. And I thought a lot about, I thought a lot about like, well, was that the right thing to say? Like, am I being a supportive partner by saying that? But also I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I know what to do as like, a non-black person of color, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do for white people, right? And, and mm-hmm. I, I think in that moment I felt bad because I didn't know my like, oh, like is this educator Luis coming out telling white mm-hmm. people to go collect themselves? Or is this like what do you how do you merge being like an educator and this being our work with like a, a supportive and sympathetic partner and being in a romantic relationship? And so I don't know if I made the right call in in saying that, but because you know, we have that support and that established trust with one another. Like my partner really heard that and took it to heart um, and understood, I think in some ways, I don't know if he fully understood why it was important for him to do his own work as a white person. But um, like now, you know, two, three weeks later, since we've had that conversation, he is more well-researched on the topic. Um, I think also I've had to learn, I wouldn't want to ask of a partner something that goes beyond their comfortability and put their own like mental health or their energy at risk. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that, like, you know, for me, I'm comfortable, uh, you know, being out, going to like protests and those types of things, but my partner is not necessarily comfortable doing that. It, do- it doesn't, uh, it doesn't reflect like what he supports and not support, but like he's not comfortable doing that. And I had to really listen to that and not be like, well, you got to go to this thing or like, you don't care about it because not everyone feels comfortable doing those types of things. And like, 
you know, well, I was gonna say, and like we all know, but let me not assume people know, everyone has a role in this in this moment, right? And so on the day that I went to a protest and he did it, I was like, I had not thought about dinner or like I thought about dinner way too late. And I was like, oh man. And then I called um, and I was like, hey, like what are we doing for dinner? He's like, oh yeah, let's do this. And by the way, like I bought you dessert. And I was so touched in that moment because Aww. we need people out here to be like caretakers and provide food and spiritual healing to like protesters and those who can't be out in the streets. Like mm-hmm. we all have skills that we can contribute. Um, I don't know anything about policy or government. <laughs> But if someone was like, hey, we need you out here, I'll be like, okay, like, I can write, give me like a script, um, that is okay. Uh, we all have to recognize our, our role in the movement. Um, so for me, it was, honest, it was about being honest with my partner to be like, I don't know what to tell you to do as a white person, but like, <laughs> I support you where you are at. Definitely. Well, and I think, I mean, as, a black person who primarily dates black people, it's still, I don't think it's as cut and dry as people would think it is on issues like this. Cause we still crazy thought being black is not a monolith. So we still all have, you know, yeah. our own, I know it's like, this is like a new development, um, but we still have our own thoughts and opinions and internalized bullshit that we're having to deal with. And so, yeah, I, I think, I'm, you know, I'm personally still trying to figure out like what my place in the movement is, what my role in the movement is. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just telling probably a group of white people. I don't know. I was just telling somebody, I was like, you know, I don't think my role is necessarily at the protest. Like I'll go to protests. Um, and honestly, ones in this area are pretty lighthearted. If you like, I mean, if there is a such thing as, you know, like it's like a small town, so it's not like, you know, it's just not as big as your cities or whatever. And so, um, and I always appreciate when I do go out and like just seeing the people and this is a very small, very white town. And, you know, I do, I know that there are allies. And so for me, it's a nice reminder. And I'm like, great, maybe y'all should be the ones out here because the bitches over here retweeting, reposting, signing petitions, like donating the money. Like that's what I'm doing over here. I'm like, yeah, I don't know about policy, but apparently this petition needs this many signatures for someone who knows about policy to do something about something. So great, like that's what I'm doing and trying to spread the awareness about like people's options. Like that's really, I feel like that probably has been more of my role this time around of like, do do other people know that there are other ways to like be involved? And so social media has been a really big um platform for me to use or or just a really beneficial you're posting stuff right and that's important and i think too we also have to acknowledge that it'll be the people with the most privilege in this case racial privilege white people to be the first to forget that this is happening so yes the social media we need to be liking and retweeting and and sharing and providing support wherever we can because you're right there's not one there's not one thing we can all do. And I also am now like six years later, and I talk about Ferguson because that was really my first time recognizing and reconciling that like systemic violence against black people in particular Mm -hmm. is a real thing. Mm -hmm. But six years later, I come to this place of like, 
I can't be up here like pointing my finger and be like, you white person or you whoever like are not doing enough. When I'm like, I also still have work that I need to do, right? Like Mm -hmm. not even like things I have to learn because we all have to learn. But I'm like, who am I to, and this is true, like who am I to go tell a white person, we'll fix your racist family when like I have anti-blackness happening in my own. Like that doesn't make me any better by putting down a white person or telling them to like go do shit. When When I'm not willing to do it, and I don't think I, it's not like a, well, uh, how am I trying to say it? It's not like I need to do it so you can do it. It's like, I got to make sure I have the same, the same, I don't know if skin of the game, but like the same energy. I don't know. But like, yeah, I've been, I've been more focused on what can I do and what the work that I need to do versus like calling people out because right. it's easy to do. Well, and like you said earlier, you know, I can't. I can't tell you how to white in this moment. Like, white people always figure out how to white. And y'all will figure out, if you really want to, you'll figure out how to, like, white and use your whiteness, hopefully for good, right. um, in this moment and time. And and I think that's okay. Like, I can't have the answers for you and for me. I'm fucking tired. Like, it's exhausting to figure and out, me, like, what. And let me say, too, like, you know, I don't know if we have any white people who listen to us, but if mm-hmm. y'all do, welcome. <laughs> Uh, but also, please stop buying Robin D'Angelo's book on white fragility. Um, mm-hmm. There's people of color, particularly Black people, who've said similar things to her, and go buy their book. Uh, <laughs> and also, too, from like what I heard, this is not confirmed, so what I've seen on social media is like people asked her, like, hey, you're making this shit ton of money. Today, I think she's at the top of the New York Times bestseller list for her. I bet she is. Yeah, oh, these times. Time- uh, and people asked her, like, hey, are you joining in all this money? And she, it looks like she didn't give a clear response or did not answer. So I'm like, damn, like, tale as old as time, you have a white person, in this case a white woman, saying something that a person of color uh, or a Black person said about racism, and they're the ones making the most money off of it, right? Yeah. I will say, when you look at the list, like, it is, the top 10 books are all about, like, racism and equity, and I think... I think maybe only two, if not, she's the only non-Black person on the list, I think. Okay. Don't quote me on it, but, like, but still, like, that should be talked about, right? You're making all this shit ton of money off this book. Um, And not going to lie, you're probably getting sought out after to comment on stuff. Oh, yeah. She's going to be, like, whenever we can travel again, speaking gigs on deck. I mean, and I think And now, even virtually, the speaking gigs. Can still also true also true and so and i and actually i did just watch one of her interviews a couple of days ago and, he, and she was getting it she was good and so oh, like like yeah like so part of me is like damn it does suck that like you are capital like you're not necessarily trying to like i don't think she wrote the book for this particular moment in time obviously it's not a new right. book but it is interesting to see like yeah who capitalizes off of this and we can have a whole other conversation about every company that's decided now like in 2020 that black lives matter and i'm like hmm and even like places that i've worked for i'm like oh yeah nobody was right the nfl (laughs) i'm like that's just topical i'm like oh we needed we did need laughter nfl so thank you i guess for that like child please also shook it's it's so weird what's happening because i remember again six years ago when like it was still like you said black lives matter and people thought you were like saying a terrorist like right i mean and literally the government labeled black activists as black identity extremists and so like 
blackness was dangerous and saying black lives matter was dangerous but not everyone's like tossing it and like saying it but then like as you know brilliant people shout out to our friend Haley has said like let me see your leadership board like it's great that you're saying this but let me see the leadership board let me see how you're paying people but what I was going to say really quickly it's so interesting what this is causing for people and I don't know if this is like the great awakening of white America because of this (laughs) maybe and maybe right like I read so many books especially thinking of like the books of Michael Eric Dyson since like Ferguson happened and like he's literally speaking to white people and I'm like Michael Eric Dyson has been is one author but has been talking about this for a while and like he's talking about America white America needs to wake up and like y'all are finally doing it and so anyway talk about that I was actually shook that do you know Lady Antebellum the, the country group they changed their name Oh, to what? Lady, Lady, uh, Yankees of the non-Confederate? Like, they just dropped the tabellum. They're just Lady, the letter A. It's so fascinating that, like, you have Lady Antebellum, and read. you should go and read their post. They're like, when we got together, we named ourselves Antebellum for the South, but, like, Antebellum is, like, wrapped up in, I think it's pre-Civil War or Civil War wrapped up in slavery. It's like weird what this moment is causing people to think about. And how we gone with the vibes when, uh, right. But now obviously people speaking of the NFL are like, so Washington Redskins, you next or. <laughs> right. We've been waiting for that one. So what's up? Right. What's up? And also, I... Oh, can I just say one thing? I don't know why I'm getting on my soapbox today. Maybe I'm <laughs> some type of way in the sense coming Step out. On. Also, we're like, non-black people of color to be like well what about my community during this time shut up <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first you probably actually already heard this before but you heard it here officially from louise like and and i mean that like in a maybe the most loving way because when people are like so i'll use my community well if someone's like well, what about latinx people by us saying like what about latinx people totally erases like afro latinx people so you're erasing blackness from your, from your own community when you say, well, what about my people? And also that point one, point two, to like not recognize that all of our oppression is interconnected. Uh, yeah. And you, wow. you, just look, you just look ridiculous, in my opinion, to then advocate. And when you're provided the opportunity to advocate for your community, you don't do it. So. <laughs> Isn't that something? Isn't that something? So. You... So basically, had there not been a, a time and space where Black voices and Black movements were centered, you would have never had anything to say about your own community. And I see, I mean, I think that was like the, like, fucking origin story of white, or not white lives, but all lives matter. Like, it's like, you, you've never, you've never said this. You never actually felt like every single life matter until someone had the nerve to point out the blackness, the black ones. You wait, you mean the black ones also matter? Like, what is happening? But well, I want this to be about me. Um, and so, yeah, no, I think it it it's interesting. I think this time, these moments, it's like they bring out true colors, but I do think it's gonna have some positive, lasting effect. Because, like you said, if this is the white like awakening, then like. I guess great or it's about damn time is really more appropriate like it's about fucking time because that's what I said I was on some call early and I was like you know yeah like all of these companies make the statements and they're doing all the things and I don't know if it's because of corona because like everyone really don't have anything to do but mm-hmm. to watch the news like beyond you know the zooms and watch tv and stuff like that I'm like because this has happened before 
before. Mm-hmm. Now it's not happened like on this. I've not had an experience where I've seen like, oh, people across the pond are protesting someone who got killed over here by a police officer. Like that to me is new. And so like, I feel like it's more global. The response has been more global, um, which is really great. But I'm like, the actions for which we're responding to are nothing new. Like, yeah, I, and I don't know what it is. Like, I will gladly love to read, like, an essay explaining that. Because, I mean, yeah. I remember during Ferguson, like, there were protests going on around the world. Trayvon Martin. But there is something different about this moment. And, yeah, you're right. Like, I don't know if it's COVID or what or maybe. I did have a thought that I'm just wondering if, the generation the younger generations below us like grew up around some of this like i was Mm -hmm. listening to a group of uh black students who were like 18 or 19 or 20 and to hear how old they were when like trayvon martin happened when michael brown happened uh you know sandra sandra happened like sandra bland Bland happened like these kids were preteens and teens like and now they're the ones and actually they are the ones leading some movements like Shout out to the youth organizers, uh, primarily Black women in Nashville, who like led that big old protest. So mm-hmm. they're the ones who uh, who are out here coordinating stuff. Yeah, it's it's such an interesting time in life, and even even though we've gone way off topic, it's it's ah. on topic. like it's it's on top because it's just uh-huh. it's relevant, and I think we have to consider these things if we're like dating as whole people and experiencing Mm -hmm. these things because you know I was just telling um shit I can't remember whoever I was like you know my original plan was to kind of hide under a rock like my original plan was not to be like out here retweeting reposting like Mm -hmm. getting this list of black owned businesses and telling everyone to like put your money where your mouth is like that wasn't the original plan but it plans fucking change and it had to change like it was, I think this, this to me just felt like it was in my face more and I couldn't, like, I didn't have the option to ignore it. I couldn't go and hide. And I, and I think within that I was able to find like, again, like, okay, like this could be my role. Cause I'm like, Ooh, like, I don't know that I want to go protest and I'm stressed and I'm sad and I don't want to watch these videos, but I'm just going to like, I haven't seen any of us. I truly haven't seen. Oh no, I refuse. Now that I still refuse. Like I'm not. Like, I'm not going to, because I'm like, it, it don't matter. Like, you know, police cams have arguably not decreased, mm-hmm. like, racial profiling and violence. I feel like that's what they were supposed to do, like, hold police officers accountable, um, decrease, you know, police-involved violence. I, they, they just be doing stuff on camera. I'm like, you know you have that body camera. Like, right. and you know at some, you, there is a possibility that people would see it, but you don't, like, it doesn't, it's not going to change or modify your actions so i'm like i don't i don't need to see the video because i i think there was another i think um, taylor the cops who killed her their cameras were on if i if i read correctly like yeah and i heard about another brown body that was killed like a couple of days ago in california i think like and people like release the footage and i get it i get i get that that is what the people who need to see it like they have that, but I'm like, nah, I don't need any more trauma in this little lifetime, um, or at least in this day, or at least in this moment. Like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously there are bigger things happening, but, but yeah, I just need, I have to preserve a little bit, you know, of myself. And that's definitely like one way that I do it. And so I definitely, I guess, 
appreciate like dating someone who does not send me videos which I I don't think I ever have but like I I appreciate that like none of my friends like no but like we don't do that because I I feel like we all have similar thoughts and that like okay like yep glad the video is out glad that like that's one potential step towards accountability though statistically is not um but you know I don't I don't need that and we can just kind of like talk about the things that are happening in our own experiences because I think what what I've appreciated about this movement in particular is that there's been so much literature there's been so many articles so many blog posts and I appreciate that people are taking it down to like hey Becky when you go to work tomorrow and you say x y and z and you do x y and z you are a part of the problem sweetheart like nope, you didn't kill anybody, you didn't burn a cross in anyone's yard, yep, racism has actually expanded, <laughs> and has always been bigger than that, um, but, like, there's just been so much literature that you could give to a five-year-old, like, I think children, I have to believe that they will be able to understand this, like, I re- I'll never forget being in high school and having uh, teachers talk about, like, colorblindness, and that's how we need to be and yada, 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 and I'm just, like, hopefully that rhetoric has been murdered, like, if for, if not for anything, like, hopefully stuff like that, hopefully we're done telling little black kids they're articulate, like, hopefully, like, we're, and surprisingly articulate at that, um, hopefully we're just done with that messiness of it all, like, obviously we have ways to go, but, like, we can start with the little shit, and I, I think I've appreciated that in this moment, and I've also definitely appreciated the moments where I can just escape, with either myself or with a partner and just have a moment of joy, like have a moment to, or just have a moment to not even think about it. Cause I don't think all of everything that we're like retweeting and doing and marching and protest, like, I don't think it's all bad. And I don't think that it's all, you know, negative or coming from a place of anger. Um, Cause sometimes I get really fired up in a good way, but I do think like just having that time to like, just escape and be Chatrice with the boo over here is nice mm-hmm. so yeah Woo! Chile! all the things <sighs> deep breaths deep. and i'm like right like i was like do a collective breath together right i'm like this is happening because jesus help me um that is it's a lot but i think it's it's all obviously very important so thanks for you know letting us go there and we have found our way back and so I think we'll kind of wrap with with that um do we want to do a tale really quickly sure I'm down if you're down let's do it so as a reminder to everyone who's listening we would love to have y'all send us your dating tales um whether it's screenshots or cute date ideas or really funny silly ones um or maybe just dialogue that you and your uh suitors potential suitors have had like on tinder or social well actually yes because people do be sliding into dms so like um but i was trying to think of a dating app bumble tinder other ones that i can't hinge grinder etc 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 um so yeah send those in and we're gonna me and louise are going to um perform this dialogue that took place and then we'll you know we'll we'll talk about it <laughs> okay Louise. hey beautiful hey hey wave emoji 
How are you? I'm good. I'm sure. Two weeks later. W-I-D. Celebrating my birthday, smile emoji. Oh shit. Happy birthday, beautiful. One week later. GM, beautiful. Morning. How are you? Two weeks later. Hey, beautiful. So I'm curious, do you say anything other than hey and how are you, LOL? Because every time I respond, you never say anything back. And this has been Tales of Tinderoni. Because OMG, um, in shocker, you know, yeah, that person didn't respond. That was the end of <laughs> the communication. But what are your thoughts, Louise, on like, how to get a real conversation going when you kind of get in this loop. I don't know if you just heard my deep sigh, but I just deep sighed. <laughs> um, I never know. I mean, if this was like, if this was Tinder, which I think you said it was, but like if this was Tinder, I hope that they have something on their profile that it'd be like, oh, I see that you are, I, I actually name it. I'd be like, I see that you are into X thing. Tell me about that. Um, I draw on my counseling class skills um, <laughs> as much as possible. But I feel like towards the end of my online dating time, I got to like, you know what? We're, we're good. Like, <laughs> Same. Well, but it's interesting too, because I feel like, and we might've talked about this before. I know we talked about this in person. I don't think we talked about this on the podcast. I feel like for me, like on the like gay dating apps, it wouldn't even take two weeks because we're looking for like a hookup. So it'd be like, mm. hey, beautiful. How are you? I'm good. How are you? What are you looking for? Like by at least the 10th message, it's a what are you looking for? Right. So it's more, <laughs> there's more of an end goal in mind, which I think we talked about it. Like how are, like how do non-queer people, like non-queer people on dating apps versus like queer people on the hookup apps and all that. Yeah. Stuff. So that's just, yeah, I don't know. I think on the grinders, it'd be more like, let's get to the point, right? And I would be able to tell that they were probably looking for a hookup. Because like, if I was to get this on the hookup app, I'd be like, oh, you clearly don't want to facilitate conversation because you don't want to get to know me. Therefore, you want to hook up. Mm. Tinder, I, I don't know what I'd do. I think I would just leave it be. I'd be like, well, I'm, I'm done, right? And the, the sad reality is that these are just one every day. These are probably like five types of guys. These are five guys you're talking to simultaneously who are like this. Oh, absolutely. I can't tell you the number of times I've opened the apps and it's just like, hey, what's up? How's it going? How's it going? And like, that's like four different messages from four different guys. Like, okay, I get it. We all have a standard greeting and maybe your next message will be something of substance. But it's like, when you're looking and you just see like all of the same, hey, what's up? And I've even had moments where I've, carried on a conversation for like a couple of days with like multiple guys and it's been the same conversation and I'm like so yeah like if I don't if I allow it we're all gonna just have the same base guys conversation is this who taught you how to and like granted like sometimes I do go back and forth I'm like this this feels like is it my responsibility to make this conversation interesting or should we both be trying to do that and when I feel like I have to even ask myself that question I'm usually like maybe this isn't I'm just surprised he didn't ask you for your phone number to talk on the phone or video. Oh, they are shy about that, honey. Like, I feel like when 
guys have asked me for their number for my number on the apps it's usually it's one of two things it's either like the first message or like three weeks later or something mm-hmm. like that so it's like a slow build or like immediate and sometimes i'm turned off by both so i'm just like i don't know what's going on but the guys who are successful in getting my number are the ones who i'm like oh we've actually had a conversation because this hey what's up hello i can't like yeah well and, he, and i will say being on the hookup apps what it did give me the skill of was discernment maybe is a good word because i'm like so like let's look at the first section you all exchange five messages i would be able to tell that you clearly don't want to have a conversation and all you're looking for is hooking up so like i would know not even to put energy into that right i never considered that i'm like okay that's something yeah i and i think we might talk about this when we were kind of like dating uh more seriously you and i together not each other Mm -hmm. but like together Uh, (laughs) we are not each other's (laughs) Wouldn't that be the biggest plot twist ever of this? I would actually love that. (laughs) Um, uh, I was about to say, like, I I think I got to a point with online dating, specifically with Tinder, and I would say even with hookup apps. I'm like, I need to know what we're up. Like, I it's two thoughts. One, by the fifth message, I know what you're about, and by the tenth message, we need to secure what this is, Mm. right? Like, it's either going to be a hookup or like you clearly want to have a conversation. I don't know. It gave me, because I think, and I'll be honest, I think with the hookup apps, because you're looking for a hookup, you're like, I need to get to my point immediately. So I I have learned what to, like, how I'm going to say it. But then also, I learned how to read other people's messages and what they say, how many words they put into it. It's just given me, like, it's, it's increased my sleuthing skills, I think. That's really, but I, I mean, I think that's such a great point. I mean, because really it's just practice makes perfect. Like you're able to spot them out. I just hadn't even considered, like, because it's so obvious, like there's so many guys on any of the apps. It don't matter if it's supposed to be a dating app or a fuck you app or like a, fu- like fuck you, like not like fuck you, yeah. like, you know, whatever. Um, but usually the guys who like want the sex are so obvious, like, or that's how I've learned to read it that like, they'll be really, really obvious. I hadn't considered the ones who are probably just kind of like, I, maybe they're just like a little more passive and want me to bring it up. But it's like, I don't, why would, how would I ever assume to know what you're thinking? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, sometimes I really hate dating. <laughs> People are so ridiculous. But you know, but. we're in a good spot with it and, you know, happy where we are. So Mm-hmm. And on that note, I I think we can wrap here. What do you think? I think so. Awesome. Well, don't forget everyone to keep it cute and court with confidence. Thanks for listening, y'all, to another episode of Courting in Color. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Court in Color. That's C-O-U-R-T-N-C-O-L-O-R or email us at courtincolor at gmail.com. Head on over to our website at courtingincolor.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to us. Court dismissed. Bye. Bye. Work. Vogue. Work for me. Vogue.